Hi guys, welcome back to Melon Girl Podcast. Today we are on episode 20, yay! I'm about to wrap up season 1 of this podcast and then I'll start season 2. But today we're going to talk about how black women deal with feminists. Now sit back, grab a snack, grab a drink, and let's get started. Black feminisms hold that the experience of black women give rise to a particular understanding of their position in relation to sexism, class oppression and racism the experience of being a black woman it maintains cannot be grasped in terms of being black or being a woman but must be eluded via intersexuality a term term coined by legal scholar Kimberly Crucial in 1899 Crucial argued that each concept being black being female should be considered independently while understanding that intersecting identities compound upon and refer to one another a black feminist lens in the United States was first employed by black women to make sense of how white supremacy and patriarchy interacts to inform the particular experience of enslaved black women. Black activists and interludes formed organizations such as the National Association of Colored Women, or NACW, and the National Council of Negro Women, NCNW. Black feminists rose to prominence in the 1960s at the civil rights movement, including women from leadership positions, and the mainstream feminist movement largely focused its agenda on issues that predominantly impacted middle-class white women. From the 1970s to the 1980s, black feminists formed groups that addressed the role of black women in black nationalism, gay liberations, and the second wave of feminism. In the 1990s, the Anita Hill controversy brought black feminism into the mainstream. Black feminist theories reached a wider audience in the 2010s as a result of social media advocacy. Proponents of black women feminists argue that black women are positioned within structures of power in fundamentally different ways than white women. In recent years, the dissection of black feminism has birthed the tag white feminism, used to criticize feminism who do not acknowledge the issues of intersexuality. Critics of black feminism argue that the division along the lines of gender weaken the strength of the overall feminist movement or anti-racial movement. Among the notion that evolves out of the black feminist movement are Alice Walker, woman, Alice Walker womanizing and historical revision, with the increased focus on black women, Angela Davis, Bell Hooks, Kimberly Williams Crushaw, and Patricia Hill Collins have emerged as leading academics on black feminism, whereas black celebrities, notably Beyonce, has encouraged mainstream discussion of black feminism. In the 19th century, black feminism has been around since the time of slavery. It's defined as the way that black women have sought to understand their position within systems of oppression when this is amplified in Sir Donald Trump's famous speech, Ain't I a Woman, which was delivered in 1851 at the Women's Convention in Arkin, Ohio. Truth addressed how the issues being discussed at the conventions were issues that primarily impacted white women. Some feminists that were expositioning major attempts for change at the turn of the century were Ida B. Wells and politically driven activist Zora Neale Holston, a prolific writer, Ida B. Wells became famous after she fought to find the truth about the lynching of black men. One of Zora Neale Holston's most notable contributions was her depiction of a strong female lead in her work in the form of a Janie Crawford from her novel The Eyes Were Watching God, which alters the public perception on, on black women at the time. The book A Voice from the South published in 1892 by Anna Julie Copper, has been credited as one of the first pieces of literature that expresses a black feminist perspective. Several other texts have been published since that and have expressed the evolution of these ideas. One of the key pieces within the modern black feminist movement being white, being not white, women, race, and class in 1891. Written by the activist and cultural critic Angela Davis 
and Kimberly Crusher, a prominent feminist lawyer, theorist, gave the idea of the name intersexually in 1986 through 1987 as a part of her work in the anti-discrimination law as a part of the description that affected the compound discrimination against black women. Post-slave period began in 1920. In the post-slave period, black females intelligence included Sojourner Truth, Anna Julia Copper, Ida B. Wells, and Mary Church Terrell. And France Ellen Walken Harper set in the motion of that principle that would become the basis for black feminism. After this, as Harper proposed some of the most important questions of race and gender and the work of the Reconstitution in the 19th century. A very bold action for a black woman at the time, these intellectuals accomplished things that were unheard of for most black women, such as giving public lectures for fighting for suffrage and aiding those in need of helping following Reconstitution. Suffrage was early evidence of uh, schemish between white and black feminism. According to Harper, white women need suffrage for education. However, black women need to vote, not as a form of education, but as a form of protection. Even though feminism as a movement was a rise in, that, in this point in time, black women were often left behind and, and disregarded by the white feminists of this revolution. This, however, did not, did not stop the black feminism, who would eventually create a separate path for themselves fighting for this cause. Out of the National Association of Colored Women, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, and the National Association of Wage Earners was born from 1920 to 1960s. Although many wave metaphor of feminists and civil rights activists leased out of the few decades after the passage of the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution. This is particularly particularly important moment in the development of black feminist activists. During the period, a few radical black women activists joined the, the communication party or focused on union activism. Although they did not at all identify as feminists, their theorizing included important works that are found the foundation for theories of intersexuality. Regarding race, gender, class, in 1940, for example, Esther V. Cooper, married name with Esther Cooper Jackson, for example, wrote the M.A. thesis called The Negro Woman, Domestic Work in Relation to Trade Unionism. And in 1949, Claudia Jones wrote An End to the Neglect of the Problem of Negro Women. Other feminist activists and organizations happened around different causes of racial and sexual violence. For example, Esther Cooper and Rosa Park organized to help Reese Taylor. In 1944, Taylor was the victim of a gang rank. Parker and Cooper attempted to bring the culprits to justice. Black feminist activists focused on the similar cases, such as the 1949 arrest of then-death issue to Rose Lee Ingram, a victim of sexual violence. Defendants of Ingram included the famous black feminist Mary Church Terrell, who was an alternator at the time. From 1960 to 1970s, Civil Rights Movement. In the second half of the 20th century, black feminism as a political social movement grew out of the black feelings of discontent with the both civil rights movement and the feminist movement of the 1960s and the 1970s. One of the fundamental texts of the black feminist is to argue for black women liberation as a revolutionary force. Authored by Mary Ann Weathers and published in February 69 in Cell 16 Radical Feminist Magazine, No More Fun and Games, a journal of female liberation. Other states, her belief that women liberation should be considered as a strategy for eventual tie-up with the entire revolution movement consists of women, men, and children. But she posts that we, women, must start this ruling because all women suffer oppression, even white women, particularly poor white women, especially Indians, Mexican, Puerto Ricans, Orientals, and black American women, who oppress is tripled by any of the above mentioned. But we do have female oppression in common. This means that we cannot that we can begin to talk to other women with this common factor and start building links with them and therefore build and transformation 
the revolutionary force we are now beginning to amass. Not only did the civil rights movement particularly focus on the oppression of black men, but many black women faced severe sexism within civil rights groups, such as the Student Nonviolent Coordination Committee. Within the men movement, men dominated the power, powerful position. Black feminism did not want the movement to be struggled for black men's rights. They wanted black women's rights to be incorporated too. Black women felt they needed to have their own movement because they, the complaints of white feminists differed from their own and favored white women. Between 1960s, the Student Nonviolent Coordination Committee, or SNCC, was highly active and focused on achieving social justice through peaceful tactics. The, N the SNCC was founded by Ela Baker. Baker was a member of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or NAACP, and the Southern Christian Leadership Council. When Baker served as Martin Luther King Jr.'s executive secretary, she was exposed to the hierarchical structure of the organization. Baker was tired of the sexism founded both with the NAACP and the SCLC, so she wanted to start her own organization that had the emphasis on it. Uh, emphasis on structure and that allowed women to be part of the movement voiced their needs. In 1964, at the SNNC retreat in Waverly, Mississippi, the member discussed the roles of women addressed sexism that occurred within the group. A group of women in the SNCP, who were later identified as white allies, Mary King and Cassie Hayden, openly challenged the way women were treated when they issued the SNCC position paper, Women in Movement. The paper listed 11 events in which women were treated as subordinates to men. According to the paper, an SNCC did not have a chance to become the face of organization top leader because they were assigned to clergy and housekeeping duties, whereas the men were involved in decision-making. When historically Carmel was elected chair of the SNCC, he reunited the path to organize towards black power. Thus, white women lost their influence and power in the SNCC. Mary Key and Cass Casey Hayden left to become active in pursuit of equality for women. While it's often argued that black women in the SNCC were significantly subordinate during the Carmela era, Carmela appointed several women to post as project directors during his tenure as chair. By the latter half of the 1960s, more women were in charge of SNCC projects than during the first half. Despite these improvements, the SN leadership positions were occupied by men during the entirety of their existence. The combination of the rise fists of black power and the Extramoral symbol for Venus denotes an interaction of ideals of these two groups. Ideals were shared were such as critiques on racial capitalism starting with slavery. Despite this, black feminism had reason to become independent of black nationalism. Black feminism has been cast as the negotiation of sexism and masculinity and sometimes heterosexism of black nationality. Despite often intonating protests, organization, and fundraiser events, communication to the community, and formalizing strategies women in position of leadership remain to be overlooked by many historians covering the civil rights movement. Many events, such as the Mon Montgomery Bus Boycott, were made successful due to the women's distribution information. During the Montgomery Bus Boycott, 3,000 left Leafelt were Minograph the handout after Rose Park arrest. Jordan Glimmer, after being fired from her job as a cook and blacklisted from other jobs in Montgomery due to her contribution to the Montgomery bus boycott, organized the club from nowhere a group that cooks and bakes in the 1950s to fund the Montgomery bus boycott. The second wave of feminism emerged in the 1960s, led by Betty Friedan. Some black women felt alienated by the main planks of the second wave feminism movement, which largely advocated for women's right to work outside the home and expansions on 
Reproductive rights, for example, the earning the power to work outside the home was not seen as accomplished by black women, since many black women had to work both inside and outside the home to generate for generations due to poverty. Poverty. Additionally, Angela Davis wrote the while Afro-American women and white women were subjected to mul- multiple unwilling pregnancies and had to chastise abortion, African-American women who also were from compulsive sterilization programs, they were not widely included in dialogue about reproduction justice. Some black feminists who were active in the, second, in the early second wave feminism included civil rights lawyer, author, Florence Kennedy, who co-authored one of the first book abortions in 1971, Abortion Raps to Leon Wave of New York City. Stacey, Anthony Brigham, and Patricia Robinson, these women tried to show the connection between racism and male dominance in society. Throughout the 20th century, black feminism evolved quite differently from the mainstream feminism. It retained historical principles while being influenced by new thinkers such as Alice Walker. Walker created a whole new subject of black feminism called womanizing, which emphasizes the degree of oppressing black women face when compared to white women and addressed the solidarity of humanity. In addition, she stressed the importance of heritage in black feminism through the medium of ledger amplified by interview in 2011. Fighting against racism and sexism across the white-dominant second-wave feminism movement and male-dominant black power and black art movement, black feminist group of artists like Where We At Black Women Artists Incorporated were formed in the early 1970s. The Where We At group was formed in 1971 by artists Vivian E. Brown and Faith Rigold. During the summer of that year, the group organized the first acquisition in in history of only black women artists to refute the American viewing public believe that black artists were synonymously with the black artists. In 1972, the group would issue six demands to the Brooklyn Museum that demanded museums address its sexist and racist hierarchy and a blind eye towards the large community of black women artists in the Brooklyn. The 2017 Brooklyn Museum exhibit We Want a Revolution, Black Radical Women from 1965 to 1985 celebrates the work of a large number of black women artists who were part of the black art and black power movement who created new expressive propaganda which challenged the criteria for inclusion within institutional structures also would have been visible on its own terms to circulate and be accessible and legible to the black community that it was created for and also spoke about black women artists respond to racism and sexism within the art world and sexism within the black art movement how these women respond to oppression within formal institutional structures and how they might create a new space for appreciation of their work and how great amounts of Autonomy and self-determination might be gained. I know that's a lot to process in at the moment, but I see that with black president has come a long way, especially with our world's changing between like uh, from non-binary to gender neutral to uh, the LGBT community that we all have part in incorporating that black feminism and that our rights should no longer be ignored. But black lesbian feminism is a political identity and movement that incorporates perspective, experience, and political around the race, gender, class, and sexual orientation. It was created in response to the exclusion of racial experience with mainstream lesbian feminist agenda. Hence, this form of the lesbian feminist emphasizing its focus on expanding lesbian feminists to incorporate solidarity. Black 
lesbian feminists were often ostracized in mainstream black movement based on their gender and sexual orientation. And in the mainstream feminism and black lesbian feminism were often excluded in lesbian feminism based on race. During the 1970s, lesbian feminism created their own sexual feminism in reaction to the homophobic and lesbian exclusion in the mainstream second wave feminist agenda. Lesbian feminism created a radical agenda focused on challenging homophobic homophobic finding a place in feminism and for some separation notion. Additionally, some lesbian feminists were involved in black power movement and vocalized the need for the exclusion of people of color. However, these perspectives on race and sexuality were not accepted by the mainstream. Lesbian feminism and black lesbian feminism felt excluded from this movement. In the 1970s, a defining moment for black lesbian feminism occurred at the Black Panther Revolution People Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Several black lesbian feminists confronted a group of white lesbian feminists about their racial racially excluding agenda. Following this event, several groups began to exclude and organize around black lesbian politics. For example, in 1973, the National Black Feminist Organization was founded in excluding, including lesbian agenda. Additionally, in 1975, the Combe River Collection was founded out of experience and feeling of sexism in the black power movement and racism in the lesbian black movement. The primarily focus on the collective was to fight the interlocking system of oppression, raise awareness of these systems, and create a group made up of differences but connected by solidarity. Lastly, in the 1978, the National Coalition of the Black Lesbian and Gay Men were founded. In addition to multiple organizations that focus on black lesbian feminism, there were many authors that contributed to this, to this movement, such as Audia Lore, Byra Smith, Pat Parker, Karen Smith, Rose Mason, Darlin Panago, Kate Russian, Doris Day Porter, Cheryl Shirk, Cheryl Clark, Clark, no, Cheryl Clark, and Margaret Soul Hunter, and a number of others, just to name a few. And also it dove into the hip-hop culture of the mainstream as well. A popular intermediate medium of oppression for black women in the 1990s were hip-hop music. During that time, there were little efforts to express black feminism through music. The New York hip-hop scene was mainly dominated by by men in the 1990s, and most producers were focused on rap superstars like Notorious Biggie and Sh- uh, Sean Diggy Combs. Three females immersed can be credited to have expanded the black hood in music during this time, like Little Kim, who signed Biggie Small Jr. and Mafia imprint expressed her, her message very quickly. She achieved an image of fierce independence and comfort with her body. She defies the Sorry, guys. She just she defies the the pres the presumptuous in hip hop that women are there to humble the presence of men. Little Kim, outspoken and unpredicted lyrics, were rejected by many people who believe the traditional sound of hip hop. Little Kim stood behind her words and never apologized for who she is. Faith Evans is another female uh, artist who broke barriers in hip hop in the hip-hop world. Just at the age of 21, she was the first female artist to sign Bad Boy Records. Faye Evans spent more than 20 years in the music business fighting gender discrimination and harassment in the industry where men were the dominant contenders, creators, and producers. Mary J. Bly was another artist who became an African woman empowerment in hip-hop. She was a legendary singer who influenced the Bad Boy record label, although she was never signed by them. Together, these women shared a sense of freedom in the music business that allowed them to bring women together across the world. These are new perspectives in the spotlight that swung the, the pendulum in a different direction and gave women in hip-hop a voice. And along that, we have come a long way, including in the 21st century, along with from the past where we would ignore by both groups of 
white feminism and along those lines. I think it shows we have come a long way, especially with social media, how it makes traditional feminism and the third way of feminism claims the need for more intersexual in the feminine activism and the inclusion of black women and other ethnic minority women. Moreover, the advances of technology fosters the development of new digital feminism. The online feminine include the use of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Tumblr, and other forms of social media to discuss gender equality and social justice. As an academic response to the ship, many scholars incorporate queer of color critiques into their discussion of feminism and queer theory. Queer of color critique seeks an intersexual approach to disidentifying with the larger theme of racializing heteronormity and heteropatriarchy in order to create a more representative and revolution critiques of social social categories. An example of queer of color critiques can be seen in the Columbia River Clucking Statement, which addresses the intersexual oppression faced by many black lesbians. Then in 2010, saw, uh, saw a black feminism as more influential figures being identifying themselves as feminines. Social media saw a rise in young black feminists willing to bring racist and sexual situations to light. Brittany Cooper, an assistant in the Department of Women and Gender Studies at Rearget University, says, I think black feminism is, is in one of the strongest movements it has ever seen in a while. From Melissa Hajda Perry on MSNBC to Laura Covert on Orange is the New Black to Beyonce, we have prominent black women identifying publicly with the term. Social media serves as the medium for black women to express praise or discontent with organization. Representative of the black women. For example, the 2015 to 2016 Victoria's Secret Fashion Show were commenced by Ebony Magazine for letting four black moms wear their natural hair on the runway. Black feminists on the social media showed support for the natural hair movement using the hashtag Melatin and the Black Girl Magic. A large instance of the appropriation of black culture were coming on. For example, a 2015 Vogue Italian photo shoot involved model Gigi Hadid wore an afro sparked black clash on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Some users claim it's problematic and racist to have a non-black model wear an afro and a fake tan to give the appearance of blackness when the facts of the magazine could have easily hired a black model instead. Carol Darren wrote that white people wearing certain hairstyles is a probably a touchy subject in black feminism because of the perceived double standards that when white women wear black hairstyle, they are deemed trendy or edgy, while black women are labeled ghetto or unprofessional. Black feminists also voiced the importance of increasing representation of black women in television and movies. According to a 2014 study by the University of Southern California of the top 100 films of the year, nearly three-quarters of all characters were white. And the NPR reports and only 17 of those 100 top movies featured non-white leads or co-lead actors. The number falls further and further when only looking at non-white women leads, considering only one-third speaking roles were women, according to the same study. They move on to the Black Lives Movement and then Black Feminists Identifying Politics and Safe Space Organization and then flat Black Feminist Literature. And I can go on to the, the whole timeline within itself, but we need to realize that in some way... We will not keep quiet. We will keep shouting our ideals and be heard in the public because we will no longer be ignored as we have in the past. So I feel like if you feel like you identify as a black feminist, let your forces be heard because we have all these platforms to be used to the best of our abilities. And why not take advantage of the way black feminism has been shown throughout the years in music, media, and let our voices be heard? Well, I hope you enjoy this podcast for today. We are talking about black feminism and if you feel like you don't have a voice you do because we are in a day and age where every voice should be heard in today's society and whether that be black women or other minorities other group 
You need to write how you feel and express that and hopefully someone will listen to your voice and make your actions and what you want to prove inside to change for the best and not be fallen shallow because we have come too far to let our voice be silenced now, especially in a day and age where we need to be heard more often, more than ever. And well, I hope you have a blessed day. I'll see you again. I'll see you again for another Melanin Girl Problem Podcast. I'll talk to y'all real soon. I hope you have a blessed day. Bye.